Victory! Even, I don't even need money. Nope. I just want to know I won. Mm-hmm. So true. <laughs> Such a bitch. That's why no one hits on me. <laughs> Hey, Caitlin. Hey, girl. How are you? Good. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. You know, living my best life. Oh, yeah. Well, here we are. Episode two of season two. I know. And you know what? At the end of the last episode, I was like so excited for this episode. And then I realized it's not the one I really Yeah. <laughs> it's Lily coming back into the picture, but it's not, it's not. not the super exciting one. Yeah. Um, but that's all we'll say about that. So before we jump into the next episode, we got a little fan mail. It's actually <sighs> someone looking for our advice about something How I Met Your Mother oh. related. So we have Erin, who sent us a couple emails. Hey, Erin. Hi, um, Erin. Yeah, she's a huge fan of the show, um, and she had lots to say about season one. So uh, we look forward to getting more emails from you for season two, Erin. And so Aaron says, I graduate college in 17 days. Exciting. Yay. I guess it would be 16 now. She sent this Hmm. uh, yesterday. So I graduate college in 17 days. I think my graduation cap should be how I met your mother themed, but I am still Hmm. unsure. I think I am leaning toward the lot, the, you can't jump to the end quote. What do you think? Any other suggestions? I think that's a solid idea. Yeah, like the journey is important. Anything that says yeah. stuff about that. Um, and it would be I cool think... to have all like the different symbols of how I yeah. met your mother on it too. Like Pineapple, blue French horn. The umbrella. Yep, the umbrella. Yeah, and she sent, she attached a couple versions and I mean, they're all a lot more imaginative than anything I could come up with. The only other thing I could think is just to be really obscure and just do a cockamouse. <laughs> Just weird people. I love it. (laughs) That's a really good idea. Right? Yeah. Um, So those are your choices, Erin. You can either follow the the pack of other Himium fans and sort of stick to the hits or freak everybody out with a a cock-a-potato mouse on top of your hat. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect idea. (laughs) So if you guys don't know who we are, I am Kate, and this is my fantastic co-host, Caitlin. And we are Hey Beautiful. We are recapping every single episode of How I Met Your Mother one week at a time. Spoiler free. Mm -hmm. So we are into season two now. You can check all of our uh, season one posts. They're already up. And if you like what you're hearing, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Hey Beautiful Pod. And we would love, love, love to see more iTunes reviews in season two. Because they're going to improve our ratings and help other people find us. And that means a more diverse show for you guys and just a lot more a lot more fun experiences for everybody. And make sure you stay tuned. At the end of this episode, we will have some legendary moments from our listeners just like you. Okay, you ready to get into Season 2, Episode 2? I am. Yay! This is Season 2, Episode 2 of How I Met Your Mother a.k.a. The Scorpion and the Toad. It first aired on September 25th, 2006. The director, Hold On to Your Horses, is not Pamela Fryman. It's crazy. Because I had it in my notes, and I was just going to leave it, because I was like, whatever, she does every single one, pretty much. Right? And then I looked, I was like, oh, yeah. shit, Kate would have been so pissed. <laughs> Should have been like, come on. <laughs> no, this so is this yeah. is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> so this is... The first episode that hasn't been directed by Pam Fryman. Uh, so we have Rob Greenberg on board. <laughs> he directs a few episodes in season two and then just about one a season. And the writers, we've got three big hitters this week. We've got mm-hmm. Carter and Craig, and we also have Chris Harris back. Yeah. Chris Harris actually recently wrote a post on electric literature. Mm-hmm. which is a writer's site. And as you might remember from a past episode, we talked about Chris and his poetry book. And so he wrote about um, poetry and how to make it fun again for kids. So you can check that out on, on electriclit.com, I believe it is. Okay, so let's get into it. We get voiceover and montage. We get Lily and Marshall, some of their 
funnest moments from season one. We see that starting out, and we hear future Ted telling his kids that Marshall and Lily had been together for nine wonderful years until she ran off to San Francisco. And uh, so we see the season one shots. We see that final little goodbye. And then we hear future Ted talking about the healing process and how it was taking a really long time for Marshall as we see him in bed groaning, which is a shot from day (laughs) one, as we remember from last episode. And then future Ted says that one night Marshall made a huge leap forward and we cut to all the gang sitting at the bar and Robin heads out with Ted and we see Marshall sort of subtly check her out. As she's, he just as she's gets this little like, table. little smirk. Yeah, a little smirk. He's just like a little nod of approval. She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Barney catches him and calls yeah. him out on it. And Marshall's so embarrassed. He's like, oh, no. Yeah. He like covers his face. He's so cute. He's so sweet. And of course, Barney's proud of him. He's not calling him out to make fun of him. And he even tells Ted when Ted comes back mm-hmm. to the table, and Ted's proud of him. So they, everybody sees him checking out Ro- Robin's butt as a move in the right direction, that he's not just wallowing completely, that maybe his sexuality is waking back up, like his his mojo is starting to flow again. So mm-hmm. um, Barney Aww. sees this as like the perfect opening to pounce on the chance to be his mentor and wingman in the dating world. Because Marshall hasn't dated anybody <sighs> since he was in high school, oh. besides Lily. Uh, so he does need a lot of help, but I'm thinking Barney might not be the best the best teacher in this situation, but... What are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? And That's all he's got. Right. Ted's just excited because Barney's not trying to get him to learn how to live from him. Right. And so Barney paints this idea of being single in New York as as similar to being a kid in a candy store. Mm-hmm. And you just got to walk right in and grab yourself some Whoppers. <laughs> and then he's not sure that that line's the best. So they kind of riff back and forth for a while. And I said that this feels like it was a conversation they had in the writer's room that they just kept in. Yeah. You know, like what would be yeah. the best candy? And it's like, no, why don't we just have them do that at the bar? And the fact that we have like three of the main writers doing this, that makes me feel even more like they were sitting around doing this, like the three bros yeah. at the table, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we fast forward through all their crass attempts to find the best candy, ending on double bubbles. Disgusting. I, you can't go wrong with double bubble. That was good. good I job, think Ty. that was my favorite. Milk oh. duds too. Milk duds was really good. I don't know. Mounds is good. Yeah, yeah. Gobstoppers was weak. I yeah. Think. I think that was yeah. bad. So by the end of this, somehow <laughs> Barney has convinced Marshall that he needs a wingman and it needs to be Barney. And then uh, Ted decides to call Robin, tell her the great news that Marshall checked out her ass, which I think is a little weird. But at the same time, it's Marshall. We know there's never, they're just, they, there's no threat. There's no chemistry. It's not a thing. It's just sort of a step in the right direction for Marshall. And she's flattered by it. Mm -hmm. She's excited. She said she thought she was having a badass day and she's walking up to her apartment door as this happens. And there is Lily. Oof. Hooey. Let's talk about this first real glimpse of Lily, because when we saw her at the end of last episode, she was sort of through the, through the glass, you know? Mm -hmm. So now we get like, San Francisco Lily in all her glory. We've got the brunette hair. I love her hair. We've got the tan. We've got the boho outfits, which she never love. wore before. Like love, complete change in outfit and and mm-hmm. total aesthetic. She has this pretty little butterfly necklace, mm-hmm. which butterfly necklaces are, are around a lot. Um, mm-hmm. She and Robin both wear them at different times. Um, and it's like a layered necklace. So you got the short one and the long one. And she just looks freaking gorgeous. She looks stunning. Oh, my God. Like, she put a lot into looking this good to come back to New York. Oh, yeah. But who wouldn't? I mean, how could you not? Yeah. She needs to put out that facade that everything mm-hmm. is fine. And that she, right. 
you know, she's just in a great place. So she's all she's all painted up and looking beautiful. So we come back from the commercial break, and it's this really intense silence between Lily and Robin, and we hear future Ted saying, you know, there were so many unanswered questions. There was so much to say. And, of course, all Robin thinks to say is, your hair is adorable. Well, it is. It is. And, I mean... How can you even start to address any of, like, the deeper stuff going on? Mm -hmm. Um, But it is, I mean, it is a huge change. She looks completely different. And costumey wise even Robin looks a lot more hippy-dippy, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. she has the two necklaces and the sort of gauzy top going on. So I'm feeling it's a new costume designer. Everybody looks a lot better. They look a lot mm-hmm. sharper. They learned and, from uh, season one. Yeah, it's all about the sweater and not about the blazer yeah. now, which I love. Happy to see that change. Yeah, at one point Ted wears like a striped sweater and he looks really cute. Yeah. Like I can see why Tanya loves him in season two. He looks really good in season yeah. two. This he might does. be peak Ted. Oof. It's like <laughs> peaking in middle school. Yeah. That's bad. <laughs> That's real bad. Down at the bar... Barney is trying to teach Marshall how to meet adult women for the first time since he's never had to do this. It's rough out there. Yeah, yeah. So we're going straight in with the have you met Marshall, going to see if that works. And poor Marshall is like a 17-year-old, has no idea how to talk to this woman. Starts talking about how sweat is like smelly water coming out of your skin. True, but... Not appropriate. But not, not great for, for a first interaction. No. Barney's just behind him, sort of horrified. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so he decides to cut in mm-hmm. and save the, the interaction. He does a little magic. The girl's really impressed. And then Barney <laughs> says, oh, by the way, this is my friend Marshall. And he invented salad in a bag. And so he's kind of building Marshall up, and you think everything's going really well. We find out the next morning, uh, as Marshall and Barney are sitting in the diner, which is a new location. We have not yeah, brand been in new. a diner yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we see them sitting there, and Barney is telling Marshall how great he did last night, and how you know how proud he is of him. And But you notice that Barney's still wearing his suit from last night. Oh, good catch. And Marshall's not wearing his last night clothes. It happens a couple times in this episode. Marshall's pissed because it turns out Barney went home with the girl from last night, which explains the day-old suit. And <sighs> Barney tries to play it off like, hey, if it wasn't for me, you would have had a shot with her. So good job, buddy. And, <laughs> You're almost uh, there. Let's do a hypothetical high five about it. So we have a new high five. The hypothetical high five. Um, And Barney's ready to go out again and, and, you know, hunt some more women. Mm -hmm. And Marshall is less excited, but Barney manages to lure him in by saying they're going to go with play number seven that night, which is to create a mystery. (laughs) And he won't (laughs) tell Marshall if it works or not. So, of course, Marshall is intrigued and has to go. Has to. Yeah. And this is not the last time we will see Barney using his dating tactics on one of the guys to get what he wants. So in the apartment, um, Ted goes to open the door just as Robin's coming in. They both have really important information to share. And, you know, Robin being really kind and sweet lets Ted go first. And uh, we found out that he finds a 1939 penny (laughs) on the subway. Thrilling. And like, yeah, we, the audience, already know what Robin's news is to share. So mm. I can only imagine what she must have thought it was right? to let him go first. Right. But I mean, imagine the history that little copper guy has seen. So that's when uh, Robin just blurts out that Lily's back in town and they went apartment shopping together. And she tells him that Lily is happy. Yeah. And, you know, Marshall had the worst summer of his life and Lily's loving life. Um, That sucks. Yeah. You know, and uh, we see Lily and she's like, San Francisco is so happening right now. The art program, best thing ever. Everything's best thing ever. Best, best, best. I mean, we've seen that (sighs) before. Yeah. We've seen Lily being like that before about going to see Marshall's family for Thanksgiving uh, we've seen Robin being like that with Victoria. She's great. She's yeah. great. She's great. But Robin yep. still doesn't pick up on 
like the exaggeration of it. Right. And um, one thing I was wondering, so she says she went, she, she saw Lily the night before and then they went mm-hmm. to apartment hunting together. She didn't tell Ted any of this till right now. Like, I wonder if Lily begged her not to and like crashed at her place. I was trying to imagine like what, yeah, what the situation was that she would not have told Ted that Lily was back. Like as soon as she saw her. Maybe she wanted to tell him in person. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I'm thinking maybe Lily was like, oh, don't don't tell anybody yet. Yeah. And then probably stayed there and then she couldn't really yeah. sneak Get away. away yeah. So we see these flashbacks to uh, Lily Summer in California. And she has this art teacher who's just praising her, her work, you know, mm-hmm. that this is art and... Um, he can't teach her anything and presents her with his paintbrush, like, you know, ceremoniously. And she said that the best part of SF, because that's what they call San Francisco. Guaranteed. Oh, people call it. <laughs> no, nobody calls it that. She says the people and that even riding around on the bus was like a human tapestry. How does no uh, one pick up on her bullshit? It's so awful. Where's the poop, Lily? Where's the poop? She meets a monk and she meets somebody who sings in a punk band for children. And she meets a neurosurgeon. All riding on public transportation together. What a tapestry. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Robin's really, really happy for Lily. And Ted is just pissed. Oh, yeah. my God. He's pissed because Lily, you know, he believes she'll come back here devastated, crawling back on all fours. Mm-hmm. And... uh begging Marshall to forgive her. And just as Marshall walks in and Ted wants to tell Marshall, but Robin points out that he's just starting to feel better. Yeah. And, you know, Lily's moved on, so that would only push him back. And, you know, don't forget, remember what Marshall was like when he was keeping it together. Yeah. And where were we? Let him, let him get a little further away. Yeah. And I love that they actually give Robin some funny lines in this episode. Yeah. Like Marshall comes in and Ted, you know, Ted says it's unbelievable and he's like about to tell him and then Robin jumps in and says, Ted found a penny and it's old and that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds yeah, so yeah, yeah. unconvincing. I know. It's like, oh, that's a little shady, Rob. But I love that. Yeah, I like when they give her some space to be funny. She's really yeah. good. She is good. They all have like talents and things that make them shine, so it's nice to see that. Yeah, she's got the yeah. chops. And Robin even says to Ted, after she tells him that Lily's basically moved on, that, you know, sometimes she's fallen out of love more quickly than that. One day we're in love, oh. and the next day he's dead to me. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're in episode two, and we're already like, uh, what? What? And then she corrects it with, but we're great, honey. And it's just we're great. so insincere. Yeah, she's great. She's great. She's great. Never believe Robin when she says that. I mean, they don't have any problems yet, but I mean, she's still Robin. Like, that's still. Right. She still doesn't lead with her heart. So we, we know that that issue is there. So down at the bar, Barney is giving Marshall advice on, quote, mating without dating. I guarantee there's so like a, nice. book, a book named that out there. Um, oh, for sure. And this night's lesson is negging. If you don't know what that is, it's basically sort of subtly insulting a woman to disarm her um, and make her feel bad about herself so you can make her feel better or make her Works feel like she like needs a charm. to be with you. It's very stupid. It's, and it's, I, I know the men that listen to this don't do this kind of thing. But if there's anyone out there that thinks insulting a woman is the way to uh, get with her, um, grow up. Don't Don't Mm. do that ever. So Marshall has acquired his target. It's this Mm -hmm. brunette with glasses. And I just think that's such a cute choice. You know, she, cause she's not like the kind of girls Barney goes for is like really flashy or anything. She just looks like a teacher. Like she just got off work. A really nice lady. Like a nice, cool lady. She has like a really good vibe to her. Um, so I think Marshall's, Marshall's going to be okay. Barney's initially disappointed in his choice. We kind of already know why. Cause he keeps (laughs) fucking stealing them. Yep. Uh That's not, not exactly his taste. Yeah. Right. So Marshall goes up and this is, this is such a good part. He goes up and calls her four eyes and then he just immediately dissolves and is apologizing and kicking his chair because he has no idea what he's doing. 
And it's just such a such a genuine moment. He tried so hard to be Barney for a second and couldn't even I know. Couldn't even do it, which is heartwarming and makes me happy. Amy is her name and she is actually pretty chill like we expected and she lets Marshall recover. She even empathizes with him and says I've been there. Um, and instead of just turning around, she's like, hold on a second. So she does want to talk to him. Yeah. Which is really sweet. Charming guy. Yeah. How could you not love him? I know. Right? I snap him right up. I know. Barney comes up to meet Amy after watching their interaction and immediately asks her if she likes magic. <laughs> so we don't even need to see the rest of this scene. We know what's happening. And yep. cut to the next morning. Barney in a day-old suit and Marshall sitting there in his jam jams, just pissed off. And Barney says, it's a sickness. It's a sickness. <laughs> it's a sickness. And it's his nature, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later yeah. when, we, um, when all this comes to a head. And mm-hmm. Marshall's pissed because two times in a row, Barney's taking his candy. Barney just is completely unflappable. He just wants to get out there again. And Marshall tries to call him a jackass, but Barney then counters with a magic trick and fucks it up because you're a jerk instead of jackass. Jerk is jackass. I just love that Barney came to that interaction with you're a jerk written on his hand knowing that Marshall was going to call him that. I I know. The man like the... has more like strategic thinking than most people. Barney says he'll make it up to Marshall at a college bar because it'll be less pressure kind of like shooting fish in a barrel. He's going to seem older and more mature and more smarter, as he says. Mm. And <laughs> honestly, that's that's Marshall's wheelhouse is the college kind Uh-oh. of flirting because it's the last time he was. That's, yeah, it's the last, his last uh, experience. Yeah, yeah. So we find out the bar is called The Scorpion and the Toad, which is also the name of the episode. Mm-hmm. And Marshall agrees to go as long as there's no magic involved. And when the camera pans out for Marshall, Barney's gone from the couch. and Marshall says how did you do that so Marshall really thinks that magic is real of course Marshall thinks magic is real and that Barney has disappeared turns out dude's just taking a leak I love that part next up we see Robin and Ted and Lily and they're with Lily while she's looking for apartments and she has on this like beautiful flowy low cut dress Mm -hmm. (gasps) love it the boho is amazing that outfit is her whole look there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A chef's kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, yeah. So she looks amazing and she's going on and on and on about how she really needed the freedom to chase her passions and what she thought was painting, but who knows? Could be spoken, spoken word. Isn't life amazing? And it's so good to see Ted. Just like nothing happened. Yeah. Like nothing happened. She runs off to get a key and Ted sees right through. Mm-hmm. Right fucking through. Mm-hmm. Ted knows that Lily is miserable. And he knows that she realizes she made a huge mistake and that they'll be back together within a week. Robin is adamant that she knows Lily and that it's uh, not true. She is happy. Um, and so they bet five American dollars that uh, Lily is is happy. Mm-hmm. And something that... I noticed on this watch is that I think Robin supporting Lily's independence is independence is as much about being a good friend as it is about like sort of living vicariously through her. Mm. Cause Robin is not usually in a relationship. Right. And now that she's in one with Ted, it seems like she's really pushing this episode for Lily to stay single. Yeah. Even though, I mean, she shouldn't have a dog in that fight. I mean, she shouldn't be trying to talk Lily into staying single or getting back together with Marshall. It should be more neutral, which is what you'd expect from Robin. But it just seems like she's kind of using this as a vicarious way to still be single herself. Mm -hmm. And so she's supporting that in, in Lily. Ted has a plan to get Lily to spill the truth. He knows the secret. Three shots. And she will tell them anything... They want to know. So just three tequila shots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Lily opens the apartment door and it's disgusting compared to last time. Yeah. So she's going to call and get that first apartment, which she walked away from. 
And back at the apartment that night, Barney comes to pick up Marshall to go out for the third time. But Marshall has gotten a little bit wiser in his dating age, all two weeks of it or however long it's been. And so he makes Barney remove all of the magic tricks from his pocket (laughs) and even behind Marshall's ear. And it's a great little scene between the two of them. And I love when he pulls out the the scarves from his sleeve that ends with the boxers. Uh, and But my favorite is the deck of cards. When he like whip, oh. whips the deck of cards and then sh- presents them like he's on stage. <laughs> so good. I love it. And then my favorite part is when Marshall tells him, behind my ear. <laughs> and, Mar- and Barney grabs and he goes, there's nothing behind your... <gasps> and it's a coin. <laughs> and they both are like, I <laughs> love that heart so great so good it is so good love it and down at the scorpion and the toad so not their usual bar marshall has found a cute girl to talk to she's pre-law so they have things in common Mm -hmm. and he's clearly just a lot more relaxed in this environment than yeah hitting on women his age age. (laughs) right yeah they're safe right they're safe because i mean he might not i mean he probably doesn't see any of them as like a long-term thing Mm-hmm. He assumes that women his age want something more serious, which is normal. Yeah. And that these younger younger women might just want to hang out and keep it cash. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel as as high pressure. However, on the flip side, in this environment, Barney is fucking striking out. Which we've I mean, I guess we've seen it, but not this blatantly. You would feel like he would be cleaning up, I think, you know? Well, I think the difference is it's poten- it's possible that the older woman he goes for did not go to college. He enjoys he enjoys women who do not necessarily put education as their highest priority. So these are like bitches that are in women's studies classes. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In psychology, sociology, like they see his shit coming a mile away perhaps. So that's my theory, is that a college-educated crowd, Barney doesn't doesn't do as well as he <laughs> might in, like, a bar on, like, a Wednesday true, true. night. Yeah. I guess I was thinking more college-aged mm. rather than college-educated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get a very classic, awkward person dating moment, and it's a one million percent something that would have happened to me when the girl goes to leave Marshall... And Marshall cannot take a hint that she wants to give him her number. So she says, it'd be great to see you again. And he just says, yes, it would. Yeah, it really would. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll see you here. Probably not. I never come here. So <laughs> and then she says, I do have a phone number. And he says, great. Nice. I love, I'm never going to, I never come here. So <laughs> I know that was, the he's just one. so I literally, I'm just never here. So that's nice. He's so naive and so sweet. Did you ever miss someone hitting on you this badly? Chris says I miss it all the time, but I, I, I don't get hit on. Yeah. Like I just don't. Something about my face says stay away. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of face you want really. Yeah. I think it's only happened to me once. Yeah. Yeah. I was at, I was at a, Oh, like a lesbian bar. It was like a gay bar. Uh-huh. Small town, mm-hmm. our town. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I was there with my ex, and but we were like on separate ends of the bar. And this woman comes up to me and she says, hi. And the way she looked at me, this just shows you how I never fucking get hit on. <laughs> the way she looked at me, I didn't know it was like a flirty look. I thought it was an I know you look. It was like this familiarity look right like yeah like hey oh oh my my god i I feel like i'm like cringing oh yeah dude i was like oh Oh, my god i don't want to hear it hi how are you and she was like do we know each other (laughs) and i was like no oh i thought no i i don't i I was i thought i thought no no i i guess not and you just have one of those faces yeah and then she just starts like telling me about herself she's like yeah i'm a chef and like saying all the stuff i was like oh that's so cool still had no idea still had no fucking idea why this person was talking to me and then like my ex came back i was like oh this is my girlfriend and Uh. she like immediately turned and walked away 
And it wasn't until like the next day that I realized that this woman was hitting on me. So bad. It was a chef? Was she an older woman? Yeah. Did she have like short kind of buzz cut looking hair? No. Why? Who that? Who would that have been? <laughs> I know it's someone who is a chef. Oh, every Ooh. lesbian's a chef. <laughs> okay. No, she actually looked like Tiffany from Top Chef. Like red hair, sort of short and stocky lesbian. I don't know that show. What? I mean, I just, I, we don't watch TV. Yeah. Except like the same fucking shows over and over <laughs> and over again. I'm just going to pretend for my life that it was Tiffany and that she was in some random bar in <laughs> southeastern Connecticut hitting on girls that had no idea. Yeah, yeah. She was hitting on, so. Maybe she was doing a workshop or something. Right? At Con College. <laughs> so yeah, that was, uh, that was my one awkward take the hint, Kate, moment that I've had. And you haven't had any? Never missed it? Never missed the boat? If people are hitting on me, then I don't know. Then I'm missing it all the time. <laughs> but nobody hits on me. Rest assured. Rest assured. I have resting bitch face. Mm, but also, at the same time, definitely have something written on my forehead that says, like, if you are crazy, please talk to me. <laughs> so Barney's been watching this whole interaction, and he strolls up. Marshall is immediately worried. He thinks he knows what Barney's going to say. And Barney reaches into his pocket, as he has before when it's magic time, and instead of pulling out a rabbit, a scarf of some sort, magical cards, he pulls out a pen. I want him to pull out the wand that goes into the bouquet. Aww, that's a good one. That's a good but one. yeah, so, I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, he pulls out. okay. He pulls out a pen. Yeah. Um, and gets the girl to give Marshall her number. What a guy. So good. And then on the ride home, Marshall's so excited and it's so cute. He's planning their first date and he's saying, you know, we'll have Chinese food and go for a walk through the park. And it's just really sweet. And it's her handwriting's so cute. Yeah. So you see him that he still has oh. he still has some some juice yeah. left in him, which is great. Sweet man. Uh, but it doesn't last long because Barney takes the phone number and you see his face. Just get very grave. It's <laughs> just like, sorry, buddy, I'm taking this one too. I, like, <sighs> yeah. And Marshall's <gasps> nostrils start to flare and he just attacks Barney. Now, at this point, Barney kind of did look really hesitant about taking this one away from Marshall. And we will find yeah. out about that later. In a different yes. episode. Um, but it wasn't... This one didn't seem as fun at first. But then, of course, he he gets over that. So at Robin's apartment, we see um, Lily, Robin, and Ted. And they're hanging out and drinking tequila. And Lily is telling them all about the great places in SF. <sighs> and everything is the best blah, blah, blah ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, Best blah, blah, blah ever. Yeah. And Ted oh. knows she's full of So shit. annoying. Yeah, and then she realizes she's blabbing on and on and nonchalantly throws in a, hey, how's Marshall? So cash. Very cash. And then we cut to Barney and Marshall going out in the cab. (laughs) And uh, Ted then tells Lily, terrific. And Lily gets a phone call and she says, ooh, maybe it's about the first apartment that wasn't gross. Mm -hmm. And she runs out of the room. And Ted points out that she's way past... Truth-telling Lily and getting closer and closer to Cinco de Mayo 1998, Lily, and he doesn't want to go there again. (laughs) Um, So he starts to give Robin five American dollars. But then Lily comes back in and says that she didn't get it. She waited too long and somebody somebody else else got it. And she sits down and starts sobbing. Mm -hmm. And... Ted points out that she's having a really strong reaction to an apartment. And does this apartment, you know, does that symbolize something else? (laughs) And Robin's like immediately, no, 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 no. There's no deeper meaning. You know, she wants those five American dollars. five fucking bucks. (laughs) And bragging rights. Come on, don't, five dollars? Don't you love to win? Yeah, I love to win. Lily's crying and she goes, the apartment is a metaphor for Marshall. And she's like sobbing. Yeah. And... Ted is victorious, and Robin yes, hands him the five dollars. Yeah. Did you uh, uh, Did you notice what Marshall screams at Barney in the cab? 
I'll kill you? I, I'll kill you first. And then in this part, he says, I swear there aren't enough oh. angels in heaven. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. God, he's so good. <laughs> I can't handle it. Very good. Very good. Oh, man. So then we're back in the cab. And Marshall gives a, you don't want to see what I'm like when I'm angry, which is a, a Hulk reference. Incredible mm-hmm. Hulk. Um, so... Barney says if they can't settle it like gentlemen, then no one should have the number. And he throws the number out the window. Marshall is completely incredulous <laughs> and tells the cab driver to stop and gets out to look for it. So uh, thirsty. But I mean, wouldn't you be? Yeah. At this point, for real. And of course. It was his first success, really. I like, know. and on his own, he was I so know. proud. It was, that was the furthest he'd gotten with a girl. I know. And Barney sort of lukewarmly tries to get him to stay in the cab, but then as soon as the door shuts, he just calmly <laughs> tells the driver where to go like nothing happened. Like nothing happened. Maybe first and first, please. And it turns out, of course, that Barney never threw the number out the window. It was another, it's another magic of, trick. A little magic trick, a little sleight of hand. And it was up his sleeve the whole time. Dun, dun, dun. And so this is the point where we should probably talk about... Why the episode and the bar are called The Scorpion and the Toad. So yeah, actually, it was Tanya, one of our listeners, that reminded me of this fable. Because I don't think it's one that here in the U.S. is one of our bigger ones that we use. Is it one of Aesop's or no? I I meant to look it up, but... Let me see. As Trivia Master. <laughs> didn't. Didn't do Sorry, it. Sorry, fans. Um, it looks like it's normally called... The Scorpion and the Frog, and it seems to have first emerged in 1954. So it's a oh. it's a fable, and it doesn't really say where it comes from, but it was apparently in a 1954 script of one of Orson Welles's movies. All right, so here's the here's the fable. So a scorpion asks a frog to carry it across the river, and the frog hesitates because he doesn't want to get stung by the scorpion. Because he's a fucking scorpion. he's a scorpion. Normal. But the scorpion argues that if the scorpion stung him, they would both die. They would both mm-hmm. drown. Um, and considering this, the frog agrees to take the scorpion across. But midway through, the scorpion stings the frog and dooms them both. And so as they're sinking, as they're drowning in the, in the river... The frog asks the scorpion why he stung him, and the scorpion replies that it's in his nature to do so. So, in this situation, obviously, Marshall is the frog, or the toad, Mm -hmm. and Barney is the scorpion, who just keeps stinging him over and over again. And like he said earlier, it's a sickness. (laughs) He can't help himself. Mm -hmm. So, poor Marshall, that little trusting frog. I know. <laughs> the next morning, they're at the diner that we had seen previously with Marshall. Um, but anyway, uh, future Ted narrates that everyone has their own special hangover remedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we get to Lily, and she asks for the dirtiest, grease, greasiest tuna melt and a milkshake, which made me want to puke. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a lot. I don't like tuna. Oh, I do. I like a tuna melt. I mean, I feel like... Lily's might have been the closest to mine. Ted just asks for gravy. <laughs> and the waiter asks, like, you want it with anything? And he says, surprise me. <laughs> and then Robin is just still drunk. I so Kate, love drunk Robin. Oh, me too. To I loved that. watching her. When she does that it's, little, like, woo, and, like, shake yeah. her shoulders. When she's like a, like a Celine Dion. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like a little Whitney, <laughs> like, just like a little, yeah. little, sh- little shimmy. And then she, like, leans back in the chair. She just looks like she's just having the freaking best day. Yeah, someday. yeah. What was your question? Because I have a feeling it was the same as mine. Um, what is your hangover remedy? Ooh. Well, okay, folks. What I've learned, now that I'm a full-grown adult, is the best thing you can do is the pre-hangover prep. Yes! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what you eat the next day is bullshit compared to the prep you do the night before. So that yeah. means have some Tums, have some ibuprofen, and, like, a shitload of water. Yeah. We, so, what we usually do is um, towards the end of the night, 
every other drink, Chris, I'll say like, oh, can I have another drink? And he'll come and it'll be water. Yeah, yeah. And so I had to like start every, we, then I'm like, all right, Sorry, every other drink is water. Yeah. And then when we get home, we drink another like cup of water mm-hmm. and then we'll eat pizza. Ooh. We always make sure to get pizza before we go out. That's a good idea. So we have it to come home to. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Yeah, for me, it's all about the the night before stuff. It's the prep, yeah. And also, like, even earlier than that, stick to one drink the whole night. Mm-hmm. Don't mix shit, children. That's how you get absolutely sick. And stay away from, like, the really sugary stuff. Because that'll Ugh. make your stomach just, like, churn. Oh, I night. can't even, like... I know, dude. So, like, clear alcohols or just beer or just wine. Like, yeah, stick to one like, thing. Uh... Take ibuprofen and a ton of water and some pizza the night before. The next day, I mean, I don't know, just some fast food or something. Something quick. For me, that's less about how I feel and more about just not wanting to cook anything or be a human. Yeah, or be a human. And my legs always hurt, too. That's how I know I'm really hungover. Your legs hurt? Yeah, so... Um, if we go out drinking or anything the next morning, Chris will ask how my legs are and that gauges how bad my hangover is. Is that like just from like standing all night? And like being dehydrated. Oh, yeah. I guess. I don't know. My legs just like cramp up the whole time. Yeah. So we find out that Lily has been dying to ask about Marshall. Of course. Oh. Thank God. You I know. know. It was worth the first time around, you know? I know. You're like, um, holy shit. Lily's just going to be single and... She really doesn't care about Marshall anymore. Yeah, it's, it's so sad. Ugh, feels so um, much better. But <laughs> yeah, right, it's such a relief. She's so miserable. Good. Good. Um, but she's been trying to play it cool. So we again, we see these really great flashbacks where Lily is listening to Robin and Ted talk, but in her mind, she's just saying, "Shut up and ask about Marshall. Come on, tell me how Marshall is. Marshall, Marshall, Marshall." Mm-hmm. And finally, confesses that her summer was awful. Oh. So, again, we see flashbacks, but from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. The true pr- perspective. The, right. Yeah. The true perspective. And I love what they do with the storytelling here because they take the same exact dialogue, mm-hmm. but it's changed because of the spacing and the phrasing and the inflection. Yeah, so yeah. when you first see the art teacher, he says, this is art. He, he says, this is art. Right. And, and I can't teach you anything. I can't do anything. And he grabs her paintbrush. So this fellowship was a nightmare. Like she doesn't have the talent that she thought she did. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is like a huge blow because, you know, she art was always really, really important to her. And then we see the human tapestry was actually just one man. All one dude. (laughs) All one dude who reminded me of not Moby a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, bald white guy. Yeah, they all look the same. Yeah, they look the same. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're all the same people. Lily's just, like, horrified. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, too, because, again, the the two different actors that played, like, I'm Paula, and I sing in a children's punk band. Like, they do, the, it's, like, almost, like, the exact. Yeah, it says, is. Delivers the, yeah, the exact, it's the same, exact same thing. So it's, like. Exact same delivery, yeah. It's all about subtext. Yeah, and I love when they do this. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. And what's kind of funny is I remember watching it the first time, and the way the art teacher spoke, it sounded a little weird to me. Yeah, it turns out it's because it had to be vague enough that it would work in both situations. It wasn't something that you that I think most people would really notice, but I was like, that just sounded. I feel like there could have been a different way to say all of that, but then you realize it had to be used. Later on to mean the complete opposite thing. So that was really cool. Yeah. I, I loved it. Classic Himian move. So good. Yeah. So we we see, you know, Lily knows that she fucked it up. She screwed mm. everything up. And she's, like, so ashamed. You know, yeah. she says, I have no job, no place to live. I lost the love of my life. And then she immediately asks, do you think Marshall will take me back? And Ted tells her that he would take her back in a second if she called him. Um, but then he slams the table, which is a mistake when you're hungover Oof. and immediately like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ted tells her that unless she's absolutely certain, she cannot go back. Because if she leaves Marshall again, it will kill him. Yeah. Oh, oh. And Ted just can't let that happen. And then Robin closes us out with, 
this guy likes pennies. <laughs> and she's just like, leans over and she's like, <laughs> like cracking Hammered. up. Hammered. I love her so much. She's so good. Mm-hmm. All right. So Barney finds Marshall at the bar who he's still pissed at him, of course. Um, right. We find out that, yes, he did hook up with a college girl. And again, he tells Marshall, like, how much this girl liked him and how they totally would have hooked up if it wasn't for him. And Marshall's completely dejected, and it's not, like, a fun, funny thing anymore. Right. You know, he's saying, I'm good at being in a couple. I'm good at being oh. Lily's boyfriend. Because mm. it's so true. You get to know one person so well. It takes that forever was always, to unlearn that stuff. Yeah, that was always hard for me. And once, like you said, once you unlearn it, then you're like, I'm Then it feels like I'm you're good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he says, yeah, he's not good at the being single stuff. And I you know, I mean, I felt that way too at first. You kind of get used to it. And and then it's weird to be in a couple again. Yeah, yeah. And, and But that's kind There's of There's always nice. a learning curve either right, way. Right. But the good thing about taking some time to be single is that when... You start looking again, you realize, oh, being on my own is actually really fun sometimes. Like, Mm -hmm. I like my time to myself. So this new person has to be better than my alone time. Like, I have to want to give up my time. That is perfect. You know? And that's where you should be at. Like, this person should be someone that is, like, way better than you hanging out by yourself. And that was always, like, a fun time for me, so... Yeah. Oh, I love being alone. I hate people. <laughs> people are you kidding me. People are terrible. Except our listeners. Except our listeners. Read us on yeah. iTunes. I just meant like seeing people in person. Yeah. They're all at a safe distance. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> True story. Barney decides to try to cheer Marshall up by saying, what if you could relive that night, but you win? Same conversations, same girl, but I don't sleep with her. Because it turns out... She has an identical twin. And Barney gives us a little lesson in Latin. Um, identical. Ident means same. And ickle means person. So Person. So same person. Identical <laughs> means the same person. Thanks. Same person twin. Thanks, same person twin. Thank you, Barney. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, Marshall tries to explain to him that that's not, that's not how it works. But Barney just doesn't want to hear it. They're a person. <laughs> and he calls her the old used up twin, which is really gross, but Aww, it's three dudes writing this, so. And what do you expect? Yeah, so we flash forward to later that night. The twins show up at the bar. Everybody's vibing, having a good time. It really feels like a double date. And you almost forget that Barney's a fucking scorpion for a second until they get up to get another round, and Barney checks in and asks how it's going and Marshall's really excited. They seem to be having so much fun and Barney, the scorpion strikes again and just says, you're going to have to leave. They want a three way with me, which that does not fucking happen with fucking twins. I don't, I I said that to actually to Chris the other day after watching this, I was like, what is the appeal with like, sisters or twins like Ew. why Ew. why not just like two women why is it why do they have to be related and also like why is why is or like twins the mom kind of like why is twins kind of exempt from like the incest tag like i don't it is, know it is absolutely it's that just, it's like yeah twincest <sighs> so so yeah but in barney's According to Barney, the girls wants a three-way and, and Marshall needs to leave. And Marshall cannot even believe it. He says, it is impossible that you're doing this to me again. You said this was going to be fun. And then finally Barney hits him with the truth. That this isn't a candy store. I've found that it's either one or the other. It either feels like a candy store or it feels like the wasteland. I feel like at times being mm-hmm. single is one or the other. It's very rarely in that middle ground at all. Of like normal every day. Yeah, life. yeah. You're either feeling like this is fucking awesome, or you're like, you're like dripping in bitches. Love me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Barney says this is the single greatest lesson. Like, forget everything else I've taught you. It is every ombre for himself. <laughs> so he's going like full Greg here, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like tough, yeah, tough, tough titties, Marshall. 
And uh, Marshall storms out, and Barney goes over to give the girls the bad news that Marshall's gone home sick. And we find out, obviously, that there had been no conversation about a fucking three-way. No, of course not. Marshall was just gullible and believed him because he's a friendly frog. Yeah, of course. And, like, would you put it past Barney, though? No. So, yeah, I wanted to uh, point out there is a blog post from Barney. It's called Chicks Times Two. (sighs) Gross. Yeah, it says, Captain Ahab chased an elusive white whale. Dan Marino, the Super Bowl. What's my personal Everest? Identical twins. Identical twins. (laughs) He's so gross. Like, what? I just... uh, And he talks about how he... uh, the Wrigley's Double Mint chewing gum commercial with the two women in bikinis inserting sticks of gum in their mouth at the same time. Well, guess what? Is what changed him. Guess what? What? The twins on this episode were the Double Mint twins in 2005. <gasps> right? Isn't that crazy? Caitlin's being weird. <laughs> That's No, I was like zooming in and out Whoa. like, what? that's wild yeah so makes sense (laughs) but i like so he has facts about twins no 10 famous twins or 20 i guess because there's 10 sets (laughs) did he say that yeah well just as or 20 i guess oh my god (laughs) he said where do twins come from and then contrary to popular belief twins do not accidentally come from getting water on a newborn (laughs) What? Like fucking gremlins. <laughs> Popular uh, belief. Okay, Barney. God. So Marshall walks out of the bar, and who does he walk into? Lily. Oh, my God. Imagine. Imagine looking up and seeing her. Like, holy No, crap. I can't. I can't. And he's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, just walking. Oh, you mean New York? The program ended. And she starts to tell him the story about how it was the best. Mm. And then she just immediately stops. Mm. And she's she can't. And she says that leaving was the worst mistake she's ever made. And um, I kind of hated her here. Yeah. Just the second, though, because she just really expected to walk back into... Mm-hmm. His life? Yeah, yeah. And Marshall's like, this was the worst summer of my life. She's like, oh, I know. It was the worst summer of my life. Like, Yeah, just Girl, just like, listen. you did this. Yeah, just listen. Yeah. And then she just asks if uh, they can get back together. And Marshall, he just kind of lays it all out for her and tells her that, you know, you said we needed to figure out who we were outside of us and learn to do things on our own. And he says, you broke my heart. Three months ago, you broke my heart. Mm-hmm. So she asks him again. And uh, tells her that, you know, she was right. All that crap was right. So, no. No, they can't get back together again. Yeah, so, like, this little taste of independence, he kind of wants to explore that a little bit. And he doesn't say no. You're right. He says not right right now. And um, that kind of tells you a little bit about how he's feeling. Like, he probably wants to take her back, but he's kind of finally listening to himself and thinking about what he wants because... You even see it when when Lily when he says that and Lily asks if they're going to see each other. He first gives her the answer that he thinks is going to make her feel better because you know that's yeah. he's used to making Lily feel better. That's like his job. So he says, "Yeah, of course." But then he sort of thinks again, yeah. and new Marshall says, "I don't know. Like I don't know what this is." And you know, Alice and Hannigan with the real fucking tears. God damn it. I was like, I was getting choked. I know. She's just like, okay. Like the. It just, it it was like real for her. How the hell did she do that? I don't know. It was amazing. God. She's amazing. If I was Alexis Um, Denisov, all she'd have to do is cry like that. I'd give her anything she wanted. All she'd have to do is give me a few little waterworks. I'm like, oh, sweet baby. Let me help you. Right. (laughs) Marshall makes this really cute joke about how he doesn't know how all this works. He just got out of a long relationship and that kind of breaks the ice a little bit. And he tells her that she, you know, he likes her hair, which is just so sweet. And, you know, then they start to catch up and we hear this song playing as the camera zooms out. And do you want to tell us about the song? Because you're always really good about that. Ooh, damn. Yeah, this song is is definitely um, very apropos to this situation. So. It's called 
It Was Love, and it's by The Elected. And I'm just going to read a little bit of the lyrics here. It says, You found a way to break away from the one you say that you love. Now you cry your eyes now you cry out your eyes day and night. You set free the one that you love. And it's true, I don't remember you, but I believe you if you say that we met. I get confused nights. I've been wondering. I thought I was already dead. But man, I loved. Yeah, I loved. When I loved, it was love. Or at least the closest I got. A really sweet and perfect song for this moment. You know, mm-hmm. there's like this bittersweetness to it and... They're, kind of, they're standing so far apart on the sidewalk and just having this really polite, friendly conversation. Kind of getting to know each other for the first time as adults, mm-hmm. you know, and not as just, like, their unit, which is... Yeah. It's sad, but it's sweet. Um, and then when we come back from the blackout, they're sitting together on the stoop where she left him. Um, and this stoop will continue to play a big role in their... In everybody's mm-hmm. lives, but specifically their lives. And... Just kind of catching up on the summer, and um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Lily says the pizza in California is the worst pizza ever, and so now she's finally let her guard down and is just telling, telling the truth about her summer, and she's so sad and sorry, and you know she says that if there's anything I can do to make it up to you, let me know. And Marshall remembers <laughs> that Barney's <laughs> down in the bar with the twins, and so he has an idea, and he says, you can never, ever ask me why. So that to me is like another hint that he would like them to get, get back together at some point. And he doesn't yeah, want because... her to know that he did anything. Which he really, right. which he really didn't. Um, but he doesn't even want her to know that he like thought about somebody else. Because he's so yeah. sweet. Um, he's just the cutest. He's so sweet. He's still like worried about hurting her feelings. And I know. Bless. So down, downstairs in the bar, Barney is basically trying to use subliminal messaging to have sex with these twins. Like, he keeps saying menager instead of manager, <laughs> as in menager oh, it's, it's so bad. It's so dumb. Like, how did he think it would work? And mm. Lily storms in. And this is the first time Barney sees her, so she gets, like, genuine shock from him, which probably helps sell the whole mm-hmm. thing. And she says, you gave me chlamydia, and throws one of the drinks in his face. She storms out. Barney tries to recover, goes back to the menager line. There it is again. Yeah, and then uh, Lily comes back in with a hat on this time and says, you gave my twin sister chlamydia, you slime, and throws the other drink in his <laughs> face. And, I mean, I, I think I would have said there, like, you gave me and my twin sister. Yeah. Because then they would have known that he fucks both twins, and that's right. what he's about. Um, I wonder if they... Yeah, maybe they workshopped it. Are there any rules about like? Oh, like you can't say you actually the whole line or with the twins, right? Yeah, maybe I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of clunky to say it that way. So it is too. So Barney is shocked for a second, and then the, obviously the twins leave. But then mm-hmm. he recognizes that the student has become the teacher, and he says, "Well played, Erickson." And that's. How we end. The scorpion I love and the it. toad. In the end, the toad fucking wins. Yeah. yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Fable <laughs> remixed. Love the it. The toad wins. Um, a question before we get into our overall thoughts and legendary moments. Would you have taken Lily back right then? No. No. Mm-mm. I would have. Well, hold on. Hold on. So Chris and I have been together... The same amount of time. Yeah. Absolutely. Not even a. Yeah. Right. For that long. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I understand. I was thinking it. about like exes that didn't work out. Yeah. No. Taking them back, like no fucking way. But the the love of your oh, life. Yeah. my love the love of my life. Oh my god. Not even wouldn't a even, fucking, I mean, you fucking wouldn't idiot, even second guess it. Yeah. Wouldn't question. No wouldn't look back. Only forward. Yep. Yep, yep. Yeah, because at that point, like, what? You're just going to make yourself miserable being petty for the rest of your life? No fucking way. Just Life's too short, everybody? and those three months were really long. Hey, hell yeah. That's, yeah, fuck that. So what'd you think of Scorpion and the Toad? It's a, it's a solid episode. Yeah. Had some, like, ups and downs, but I, uh... It was a quick, fast-paced episode, too, which I really liked. Yeah. Bees and Thomas and, are always good at that. Yeah, and it wasn't, like... It wasn't Ted and Robin. 
Yeah, it was a it was Lily and Marshall. It was a Marshall so, and Lily episode. So those are always fun. Yeah, those are definitely always going to be my favorite. Yeah. And Barney episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get to see Lily again and we get to see what the hell happened because we were just left with so many questions and last episode we thought we had a handle on her and then she wriggled away, you know, mm-hmm. with those credit card charges and now we see why she didn't come into the bar that night when she first got back. She's fucking ashamed and mm-hmm. everyone seemed to be having a great time and she was miserable and you know we found out what really happened out in san francisco like she's right. been mia and i think all of us especially marshall were worried that every day away was one day that she was sort of moving herself further and further from her life but turns out she was just missing them the whole time so it's good to have her back Mm-hmm. It's good to see her and Marshall not together, but talking to each other. And it's good that Marshall kind of stuck up for himself and is taking some time to, you know, explore. Because it took him a while to get out of his mourning period. And so now he wants to, yeah. you know, just stretch his legs a little. So I don't I don't blame him for that. Not at all. Yeah. No. All right. You think we should uh, check the answering machine? See if anyone left us any messages. Yeah, let's take a listen. Hi, ladies. It's Miranda, the Scorpion, the Toad. Another fun episode. I love season two. To find a legendary woman in this episode was difficult. I enjoyed every bit of it. I enjoyed every character. They all did a wonderful job. But my legendary moment has to be the magic. Neil Patrick Harris is awesome at this and I love the fact they wrote it into the series for him and I love the fact that throughout the series you get to see his lovely magic tricks that being said when he pretends to throw the card out the window of the taxi and palms it and then has it in the end that's probably the best part also blooper reels have some fun magic tricks in there too so if anyone has a DVD set by all means watch that but the magic has to be my legendary moment. I, en- I enjoy when he does magic. Anyway, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Oh, so good. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris and the magic is always going to be a classic. And definitely. Yeah, definitely check out the blooper reel if you've seen the whole season. Obviously, there will be there will be spoilers, so just beware of that. But thanks, Miranda. That was awesome. All right, and looks like we got one more message on the answering machine. Good morning, HP family. How are you all doing? Greetings from Freedom Day Week, India and South Africa. My legendary moment for this episode is all the Easter eggs, you know, that they place in this episode that are links to future episodes and, you know, future character developments. And it is just such a good feature of the writing um, of How I Met Your Mother. You know, the way that they plant something in one episode like this very early on in season two and they just come back and so they, you know, you can flash forward and flash back to these things and things are linked to something very, like, random and it's and you think it's just a throwaway in the episode and it comes back in a big way later and so my the penny is my favorite easter egg in this episode and also the barney stuff and how this this episode will then link to future barney emotional growth and all that kind of things and i don't want to give away any more spoilers i'm not going to say anymore but i just love that it's just such a feature of how i met your mother and see and this episode is is a, a hallmark of the of those kind of things. That's all for now, folks. Have a wonderful week. God bless. Bye. Yay, Tanya. Yay, Tanya. Thank you so much for that. And yeah, this is definitely an episode that sets up future episodes. And that mm-hmm. might be why. I mean, it's it's a dynamic episode because Lily shows up. But otherwise, it's, you know, it doesn't feel as exciting. But we do see some serious groundwork laid, as as Tanya pointed out. Um, yeah. In in more than one spot. But we'll just talk about the penny one because the other one's kind of spoilery. And I think, too, um, what's important is that it is still the very beginning of the season. So, so we're going to have a lot more of these episodes where plots are being laid mm-hmm. and then we'll follow them through the mm-hmm. season or the series, depending. Yeah. Yeah. There's like those different levels of the arc, you know. 
Yeah. Um, so there's like the story in just one episode. There's the story of the season, and then there's like the series story. And yeah, this sets up some some good stuff for later on, and stuff that will come back this season, and then also in future seasons. So it's definitely a place where they're starting to lay uh, lay more Easter eggs, as Tanya said. Yeah. So those are our two legendary moments this week. A little a little light this week. But that's okay. It's alright. It's alright. What is your legendary moment? I only chose one. Good job, Caitlin. Proud of you. I already talked about it, but that fucking look. The purple dress, the necklace, the oh, hair, the tan. Was, like the first look or the the when second she, apartment look? Second apartment yeah, look. Yeah, yeah, That dress. Can we talk about how ugly first apartment look is? Oh, it's horrible. Oh, my God. What are those white leggings? I don't know. I don't know, but it was not Sheer a good look. leggings. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't win them all. Yeah. But, ooh, yeah. No. When she had those, the, the maxi dresses, it was beautiful for sure. Um, my legendary moment is absolutely um, Kobe Smulders this whole episode. Yeah. She had just great. That's a good one. Yeah, she had really good timing and she finally got to spread her comedic wings a little more than they've let her thus far and you know we we learn a lot about robin this season so it's cool that they're giving her already giving her a little more oomph to the character mm-hmm. giving her a little a little more latitude and the best moment out of all of that so i would say the very very legendariest moment is drunk robin in the diner was just so good. I love Drunk Robin. Drunk Robin I loved watching her. I always love Drunk Robin. Like, Drunk Robin throughout this series is always good. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different versions of it, and I she just does such a good job being drunk. So, good job, Kobe Smulders. Well I'm done. Sure acting teachers will be proud of that. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for the scorpion and the toad. And uh, next time, things are going to heat up a little more. At brunch, season two, episode three is brunch, and that is a very dynamic, classic hymnium structure of an episode. Definitely, yeah, it's it's a really good one, and I'm sure Caitlin loves it because a lot of flashback, flash forward, flashback, flash forward, and I love it because it's five different storylines happening at the same time. So I think we're we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about that. If you want to send us a legendary moment from that episode, you can send it to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you don't know, we post new recaps every Thursday, as often as we can. So make sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and we would love for you to leave us an iTunes review if you like what you're hearing. Even just some stars would be fantastic. But the more reviews we have, the more people can find us and join the HB family fun. And you can also join us on Twitter and Facebook at Hey Beautiful Pod. We hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro outro music is by Owl All. <laughs>